You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is actually 8.06 a.m. We have another quiz question for today. Yes. Where are we going with that one, Lawson? Quiz question here. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, blank holiness, out of reverence for God. That's First mm. Corinthians chapter seven and verse one. If you know what that blank is, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. The more correct answers you get in, the more chances you have to win our amazing prize for this week. Let me read this one more time. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit. Blank holiness out of Reverence for God. Sorry. First Corinthians chapter seven and verse one. This is in the NIV version as well. So giving you a little bit of a. I like clue. NIV. Do you like NIV version? I think for some things I do, for some things I don't. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like with Bible translations, you have a scale, right? Yeah. Like it's like you have a sliding scale. On one side of the scale, you've got word for word. On the other side of the scale, you have, um, like translation, you know, uh, kind of thought for thought. And, there are some Bibles that find themselves squarely in the word for word. I'd say the most word for word translation of the, the Bible in English is probably like an NASB. Mm-hmm. And which is, which is, you know, the, uh, American, the New American, uh, New Standard, American Bible. Standard Bible. That's right. But like the NS, NASB, you know, they kind of joke about it and call it the wooden Bible because it's hard to read. Ah, because I have heard that term before. Just because of some of like the, the way that they interpret the Greek grammar and whatnot. And it's like, okay, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit difficult to really get to. I mostly read and study out of either the New King James or the ESV, which finds itself not quite NASB. Which is English Standard Version. Yeah, but just a little bit back from, you know, that kind of word-for-word translation. And then if you go over to the other side, the thought-for-thought, you have things like the message, C, you know, the the CV, Contemporary English Version. New Living Translation. Yeah, these, right. That's right. So a bunch of these translations. So the NIV, I think, finds itself somewhere in the middle Mm. of of the scale. It does. And I think it's... I think it's good. I'm like, there's, there's sometimes I read it and it's like, okay, that, that just makes things very simple and plain. I, and that's what I love about it. Mm. Cause like for me, especially in my younger years, when I was really wanting to get into the relationship with Jesus, I think I've shared, you know, before on Faith FM that I was brought up in a Christian Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist home. Mm. Uh, but for me, I, I sort of in many ways, I guess found the whole salvation thing in a works-based way that mm. I had to work my way to heaven in mm. some ways that I had to be good and all that sort of stuff. And, but when I really came to um, realize when I gave my heart to Jesus, you know, when I realized the fact that Jesus died for me and he's done everything for me while ever I'm trying to work my way to heaven, that annuls everything that Jesus has done mm. on the cross for me. And so really, you know, it's by faith. Um, uh, we're saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. and not of works. And so for me, that was really significant. And for me, I wanted to find a Bible. Bible that I could actually really want to pick it up regularly yeah. and find it more like a novel where mm. I was actually just falling in love with Jesus so that it would, you know, where it was making sense for me. Unlike the KJV, the King James version with the these and thous and the thys, that works for some people, but just didn't work for me. Yeah. And so for me, um, my very first Bible 
that I really, really got into was the new international version. I mean, I had mm. Bibles before, but this is when I really started, you know, wanting that relationship with Jesus, and it was the NIV. And, um, you know, I loved reading it so much that it fell apart. So when I came yeah. back, uh, <laughs> and so I ended up getting it rebound. And oh, then it, that's awesome. And I then need it, to do that. And then it fell apart again. And mm-hmm. so it's actually now been sitting for several years in my on my bookshelf with my other Bibles, but that's when I then went into the New King James Version. That's where I've stuck mostly. Yeah. But every now and then I go back to the IV, and I think, you know, that it's a really important thing that if you're early on your journey or if you're partway in your journey but you're finding you've kind of wavered and you're not really finding that relationship with Jesus is happening, maybe one of the reasons is because, you you know, you may not be finding the, the time to study your Bible, you know, as much as you would like to, but try and make that time more as you can and also look at what which kind of Bible you're you're picking up. Are you finding that it's not a version that is actually meaningful for you and to you? And so find the version that works for you and then also just check against some other versions or some commentaries yeah. to dig deeper into God's Word. But, yeah, for me, like the NIV was the one that really – got me into a really deep foundation with Jesus in, in his word. So yeah, for me, NIV, is uh, there's a soft spot that's in my right. heart for it. <laughs> I mean, like for me, it's I use the ESV because that's what's available on Logos. So when I'm like studying using Logos, looking yeah. at like Greek and Hebrew and stuff, then I'll use the ESV. But mostly I'm in the New King James. I love the New, love King, James. The New King James. Like, And that was, I picked the New King James up when I first became a Christian. I've got a Bible. It is falling apart. It's my preaching Bible. It's my favorite Bible to read out of my favorite bible to speak out of because all the verses start on the outside yeah that's the way and i love it (laughs) and unfortunately this particular print of the new king james is out of print so i need Uh, i need to get this thing rebound because pages are starting to fall out and that kind of thing but it's 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 awesome that i think the word of god touches so many people in in so many ways and again these translations the difference in translations isn't huge like in terms of the point where you're reading a completely different thing um but rather again like particularly picking up the nlt and reading through the chapters of acts like acts Mm. is my favorite book in the bible Mm -hmm. even but then the gospels or like say i love a a book of like nehemiah or ezra or you know first and second chronicles first and second kings um the 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 narrative books of the bible where you can pick up one of the more contemporary versions and, and just read through it as a story as a novel as he said. Uh, then, you know, when it comes to the epistles, I find myself in, in the epistles and particularly like prophecy and revelation, I'm like, okay, I want to be as word for word as possible because it's really, you know, the thoughts that they're trying to oh, share yeah, it's there just are, deep are, and are very deep important. and key and very reliant on the words very. being used, you know, and, and it's over the differences of translations and the differences of the understanding of the meanings of words that mm. the whole, you know, a whole different groups of Christians have spawned out of. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So pain it's, in every way. But it's ultimately important. You know, I've, I, uh, I heard a sermon once and the sermon title was like the top five worst Bible versions. And it was like, it was a sermon. It was, you know, going a deep dive into, you know, what, what's the worst Bible versions. And I forget all, I forget most of them, but I just remember like the first one he, he came up with is like, okay, the worst Bible out there is the one that you don't read. Oh, I like that. And I was like, that is powerful. He's like, right. he's like, you know, again, we can be, and I think that there are Bible translations that aren't 
that great, you know, because I think maybe they're a little bit too transliteratory or a little bit too thought for thought. I'm like, oh, they're taking some liberties here with the meaning of the text and kind of shaping it in the fashion that they would like rather than what the text actually says. You know, sometimes neutrality is kind of thrown out a little bit in some Bible translations, but ultimately uh, when we, when we have the Bible and we don't read it. Mm. That is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that is the problem. Like, that, is the, that is the problem that we face. Hey, Absolutely. Got a text message here from Wayne. He says, Good morning, DNL blessings. Uh, the finding, uh, you know, amazing Danuta, amazing finds Danuta. So this is from your story earlier about finding the coin from the Roman era in England. Um, you're giving lots of information about new discoveries. Like Daniel says, knowledge will increase. Our knowledge in history is increasing, proving God's word to be more and more true every single single day making the bible unmistakable and daniel chapter 12 verse 4 he quotes here but you daniel shut up the words and seal the book until the end of time uh, time at the end many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase mm, powerful, yeah, stuff, powerful stuff hey isn't it and it's true like the discoveries you know are just so important even of what what, what we're finding these days what is being mm. found around the place Bruce and Liz also say app website also tried to tune in. We don't mind as yesterday for us was an old program. So this one, so it must have been on the, uh, podcast. Yeah, oh, so, so that was, uh, so, so I, I had, I had some correspondence with them. Um, there's a number of listeners that we found who are listening on the delayed broadcast who aren't listening to the show live, but listening a day behind. And so you obviously you won't hear this until tomorrow, but yeah, jump, try and, uh, jump on to the, you know, the current broadcast, uh, which you can mostly do through listening on our app as well. And then Wayne wrote in, he said, I found the Andrew study Bible, which is, I have, I have an EGW study Bible as well. There's the Andrew study Bible too. And um, yeah, just with comments and quotes and Bible studies in the back, these kinds of things are really, really fantastic for having a Bible that's got that information there. That's like, oh, hey, like how do I really dig deeper into, mm. you know, the doctrines of the Bible and what it's trying to teach me? So very interesting stuff. Good chat about Bibles. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491 Hey, it's come time now for our Bible study time. We've been talking a lot about Bibles, mm. which is really fascinating Mate, so and important stuff, it. isn't that? Hey, so let's just dig deep into God's Word because that's really, really important. Awesome. Hey, we've actually been studying this week about the call to stand. We've actually been covering the book of Ephesians over the last few weeks. Hasn't it just been absolutely fantastic? Oh, yeah, it's just been awesome. Surely like, we're nearing the end. We're in chapter 6. So, yeah, so, so we're, we're, about to, we're about to finish up. Land the plane, as they say. So, mm. you know, Ephesians chapter 6 is really crucial and Mm -hmm. Today we're actually looking at finding strength in Christ. So we're actually going to go and read our passage once again. We unpacked, started unpacking a little bit yesterday. We kind of gave a bird's eye view. But today we're actually going to give a bit of a background and context view really to why Paul is also saying this and what he means by principalities, you know, that we'd um, fight not against flesh and blood, but... um, flesh and blood, but against principalities. So, Lawson, do you mind reading for us Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20 again, please? Yes, Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, the whole passage. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's do some real Bible reading this morning, guys. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 20. What, what, what version should I use? 
What version would you prefer? I mean, I, I'm, I like I'm the, open on the New I King like James. I like the New King James, and that's yeah. what I've got. Let's, so let's go with that let's one today. Let's get into eh? the New King James. Oh, I love this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being able to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in my chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Mm, interesting passage, like fascinating passage. Like I said the other yesterday and even off air to you, this is one of my favourite passages and that I've gone to for years and years and over and over because we are in a battle and we're going to unpack more about the whole armour over the next couple of days. But I think what's really important here is that we actually give that context or background mm. as to as to this whole thing because what Paul is actually doing here, he actually gives like an overarching theme right at the start. He actually gives a, a real... A powerful call at the start of this passage, you know, that we're actually in a battle. And so with a battle, we need to be prepared for what's going to come our way, but we need to be prepared in every way. And one of those things is actually wearing the right armour. So we're actually going to unpack the armour more this yeah. week, but we're actually needing to get that context and background was how come there is this battle that is going on. Hey, mm. so we need to go to the book of Revelation. That's a really great one that we're, that we're going to go to. Book, book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 7 oh, to 12. Twelve, and I'll also, you know, open after you've actually finished. I'm going to go to Ezekiel chapter 28 because these two passages are really crucial to giving some of the background. And maybe mm-hmm. this is a passage or or information that not so much information, but really what the Bible tells us actually happened. You may not actually have heard this before. This may be a first time for what you hear, but it actually really gives the clear background as to why the world is the way it is now. Why is there good and evil in this yeah. world? We need to know and understand that where did that all begin so let's take it away in revelation i actually i love this bible study and the most recent time that i gave this bible study and i gave this background and why does evil exist in the world the most recent time was actually over an internet call to a group of christians in china yeah that i was studying the bible Mm. with and it blew it, their mind, they didn't were it? So like, yep. wow, that just makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. They were like, mm-hmm. that is so simple. And again, these are Christians in China whose church has been shut down. They're being persecuted and whatnot. And still, you know, often we can lack uh, this perspective that's given of, from the Bible. And in fact, there's different opinions over why there is evil, you know, from Christians. You know, some Christians would say, oh, well, everything happens because God wants it to happen. And so evil is a result of God's love. And I 
I would wholeheartedly disagree with that. You know? Yeah. Uh, but here we go. Um, Satan thrown out of heaven. That is the subtitle of this passage in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. The Bible says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Mm, I mean, this is really crucial. That that verse nine, especially because some people go, well, so you know, who is the dragon? You know, when it refers to that, but verse nine actually expands it really clearly, doesn't it? it says mm-hmm. the dragon was cut out, the serpent of old, so the serpent that was in the garden of Eden that deceived Adam and Eve, and why and where sin entered into the world there, because of course humanity was created in a perfect world by God, because God is a God of love. Um, but it says they're called the devil and Satan. So the term Satan, people are more familiar with these days aren't they really? Yeah. Um, and with that. And so, you know, um, he was actually cast out. But the thing was he wasn't actually called Satan originally. He was mm. actually called another name. Yes, he was okay. called another name, name which we talked about earlier. We talked the, about earlier. The, well, we, we didn't talk about it. but No, we, no. <laughs> we're not going to give it quite away because it's actually part of our quiz Well, question. actually, we can say the name. It's just uh, it's just which chapter that it's No, that's found true. In. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so we're talking about Lucifer, obviously. Lucifer was... Son of the morning. A son of the morning, that was his name. And also, if we go to Ezekiel chapter 28, mm. it actually says there in verse, uh, verse 12 onwards, it says, you know, you were the seal of perfection. You full of wisdom. He was actually the leader of the angels, right? Mm. He, and he um, he was just like Lucifer desired, but Lucifer desired God's power and not his character, which is really crucial because that's why we then see, you know, that sin, and he was proud, he wanted to be more like God and that's why here in chapter 28 he actually describes all of that. He said, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was under your covering. Then it goes on, verse 14, you were the anointed cherub, um, Till iniquity was found in you. Self-exaltation is a bad thing, hey, like, mm. you know, pride. And that's what he wanted. He wanted to be like God. And he was actually then deceived other angels to say, hey, look, you know, it's 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 like, you know, it's not fair that, you know, I mean, you know, there's all sorts of ways of putting it, but that it's not fair, you know, that God's the one, hey, we, you know, I I need to be there. I, I am like God too. Mm. And we can be like God. We don't need to be just the angels, you yeah. know. And his heart was lifted up because of his beauty. You were corrupted in wisdom, it says. I cast you to the ground. And on it goes. And then it says in verse 19, I love this because this is another whole further part that we could unpack another time. But, you know, that he basically, it says about him, and you shall be no more. Mm. Isn't that powerful? Yeah, that that he will ultimately come to an end for what he's done. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting, like, as this situation unfolds in in biblical history. Yeah, war in heaven. You've got this war in heaven that takes place between the people because Satan ultimately has a desire to be like God. It, it's it's interesting, hey, because you think about Satan in heaven. You, you think about, you know, this in a dress. perfect world. The, this dress that he has. That's It's, you know, he's every holy and precious stone. Yeah covers him it's like what could satan possibly be covetous of mm. in a world like, in a situation where he's got everything. everything and i think this is really key because people you know they question like oh if evil exists and everything comes from god then evil must come from god and that is just a complete false dichotomy um i think about it like this hey i think about it like the the perception or the conceptualization of good or the existence of good 
automatically perceptualizes evil, mm. that doesn't mean that you created it. It's I, I give this little mm. illustration. It's like, say I set up a diving board and on that diving, beside that diving board, I put a sign and that sign says, you know, there's no rules, right? There's, there's like, you can do anything. You can do as many flips as you want. You can do whatever off the diving board. The only rule is you can't jump off the diving board if someone's in the pool below mm-hmm, you, you know, mm-hmm. so that people don't mm-hmm. hit each other. So I put that sign up uh, and then someone goes and does it, right? Someone mm-hmm. in their free will and in their autonomy goes and jumps off the diving board while someone else is in the pool and lands on someone else. Did I make them do that? as the person who set up the diving board and put the sign there? The answer is no. Did I tell them to do that? No, I told them. In fact, I told them not to do that. So is God to blame for evil's existence? Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Absolutely it's not. it's Satan, his free will, his autonomous decision that he looked at the position of God, oh. the only thing that he did not have, and he said, this is what I, I want. want. This is what I want, which is something that he literally can't have because he will Mm. never be God. We're going to continue to unpack this. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It's come time for our last quiz question for today. And then we're just really launching into our Bible study because we've got heaps to unpack today. Okay, here we go. Last question for the quiz. Axes were frequently used by the Israelites in battle. That is so cool. We're talking about battles and fights and armors, you know, and and wars in heaven. Axes were frequently used by Israelites in battle. According to to Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 19, what were the Israelites forbidden to destroy with an axe when they laid siege to cities? This is very interesting. Mm. So, and, and again, we're giving you the reference here. Now, we would love if you didn't look it up. But mm-hmm. then simultaneously, you know, if you're not a regular church attender, you have some license to go and, and look it up. And also, we won't know here if you did or not. That's right. <laughs> but this this answer is actually kind of, kind of funny, a bit subversive as well. Axes were frequently used by the Israelites in battle. According to Deuteronomy 20 verse 19, what were the Israelites forbidden to destroy with an axe when they laid siege to cities? And you know what? I'm just going to give you... You guys a clue because i'm i'm feeling nice today Take it away. and i just i just want you guys to be able to get some answers in so you can enter into the quiz for our amazing book a taste of travel it's the thing they what they weren't allowed to do was the thing that you typically did with axes so if you <laughs> if you what yeah what were they forbidden to destroy when and with an axe when they laid siege to a city. 0491-064-669 is the number to text. And, of course, our prize for this week, the amazing A Taste of Travel. I'm just going to quick pick a country real quick. Let's see. Have you been to India before? No, I haven't. I haven't been to India. I have some friends who've been to India. They say it's awesome. Um, if you want to eat some Indian savory garbanzo stew uh-huh. well you can make Sounds it because it's in this book because you can get soups and stews from all over the world we want to give these to you absolutely for free absolutely hey, but hey so. let's oh that number again zero four nine one zero six four six six nine let's jump straight back into what we're talking about yeah here. yeah so we were unpacking the fact that there was war in heaven revelation yes. 12 verse 7 to 9 and then also we looked at ezekiel and of course you know that um, that satan was cast out of heaven that wasn't his original yeah. name so that's given us the context but then of course we're living now in a world where there's you know good and evil and so we want to just look at that whole contrast of satan's kingdom and god's kingdom or jesus kingdom right mm. because there is a contrast massive contrast isn't there in every way yeah absolutely Absolutely. I mean, oh, I had a 
fascinating conversation with someone uh, on Saturday afternoon and they had told me that they're like, yeah, you know, I prayerfully, you know, I wanted to become acquainted with what other people believed and so I prayerfully opened up the satanic Bible. Oh, what? And and they were like, not that they were praying to Satan, but they were like, I just wanted to read what was in there, you know, just to get an idea of, of what Satan's kingdom's all about. And the satanic Bible is actually written by a bunch of atheists. Like, m- like 90% of people who call themselves Satanists are atheists. They mm. just, the, the, it's the principles. And the principles of it, uh, which we're going to, um, and um explore a bit this morning but essentially you know to serve self you are the center of the universe even your birthday is the most important day of the year because it's all about you like these kinds of Mm. you know self-serving ideologies and and it the foundation of that is in satan and his want and his drive because he's all about self his jealousy to be in the position of god for the sake of himself yeah yeah absolutely to ultimately undermine, you know, uh, love and to undermine um, self-sacrifice as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree with you on that one. So let's, can you actually unpack the ones or actually find First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, please, and also Romans 1, verse 29 to 32, Romans one twenty nine to thirty two and First Peter five eight. All right. So these are the Satan's ones, and then I'm going to contrast it with what God's kingdom is. And we're, there's so many more we could unpack, but our time's limited. So take it away. All right, I've got First Peter chapter five and verse eight here. It says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour." Oh, that's a huge, isn't it? Like you know, he just wants others to just get on, gone board, because he knows he's he's lost. Yeah, he knows he's lost, so he wants as many lost with him too. Yeah, but that's what it's about. That whole devouring, you know, and and you know, when you think of a lion, how he does prey on on mm. other animals and things, and just then. Pound on them. That's that's really so much like how the devil is. Hey, yeah, you know what? It's interesting here. Like in this particular uh, this symbol that's given for Satan here, this metaphor, he's called a, a roaring lion. You know what he's not called? He's not called like an army general. Yeah, yeah, leading a legions of followers um, because that would that would in some way maybe insist that he in some way cares for the people who join him and join his cause. But in reality, it's like seeking whom he may devour. He... He wants the worst for you. Oh, absolutely. Even if you fully swear your allegiance to Satan, even if like you're like, yes, Satan, I, I want to 100% be a part of your deal, your gig. I'm 100% on board with Satan. He wants the worst for you. He wants Mm. nothing more than for you to be lost. Uh, but lost in the sense like that your, your death, he wants to take everything from you. He wants to rip you apart. He wants you to have the, like again, we can say, oh, but there's lots of people who are living immoral lives who seem to be rich or whatever it may be. But even if they die in their riches, like the only reason Satan is doing that is to pull them away from eternity. Absolutely. From God. From God. From God in every way. Hey, so while you're looking also up Romans 1, 29 to 32, if we, if we have time to go there, mm. um, we're actually going to, I'm just going to read the one on James. So this is contrasting it with God's kingdom here. And it says here in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, every good gift, I love this, every oh, good and every amazing. perfect gift 
is from above, in other words, from God, from heaven, and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Isn't that such such, such a beautiful I verse? I love that Every passage. good and perfect gift is from the Father above. He wants the absolute best. So what we've just said, what you just said there, Lawson, is that Satan wants to rip you apart. He just wants wants the worst for you. And we don't actually necessarily see that because we're, we've been born into a world of good and evil and yet when we really really truly see the love of God you know and in first John 4 verse 8 um, 8 and I think 12 is the other one it says you know God is love mm-hmm. that is point blank that is the character of God in epitome in, you know in its fullness and when you mm-hmm. actually look at the word therefore the love of God it is agape which is the highest form of possible love mm. and it's that that highest form of love that God is mm. it's not that he will give yes he does give love but he is love and so that's why he says every good and perfect gift from above comes from the father of lights from whom there's no variation we are all equal in the sight of God and he yeah. wants the absolute best for all of us and that's why with Ephesians Paul keeps on writing in Christ in Christ in Christ within this battle that we are in part you know we are part of the thing is that that basically God wants the absolute best and the way that we can do that is by being linked to Christ and wearing that armor mm. because we get power from Christ alone. Yeah, I love that passage and it uses that phrase there is n- there is no shadow of turning. Oh. Um and of course that is a you know that is a bible passage that's referenced in the powerful hymn Great is thy faithfulness. Yes. There is no shadow of turning with thee thou failest not thy yes. compassion thou leavest not thy compassion they fail not I believe is the lyrics. Yes, it is. But essentially like we see well firstly beginning with Satan, right? <laughs> Satan, you know, the first to turn the first to turn away and then humanity following that. Follow. Um, you know, that we have turned away from God. We have, you know, given up on Him. We have chosen sin. Um, but with Him, there is no shadow of turning. No shadow of uh, turning. He, despite our turning away, despite our throwing off of the armor of God and, and choosing Satan, like He is continually aiming and trying and seeking after the repentance of humanity and to lead us back to him. He's given oh, everything for everything. us. Everything. And the exciting thing is that evil is only temporary and it actually will be eliminated because God is love. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman and I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty and I'm the tech. And I want to welcome you to our drive time show. 3.30 to 5.30 every Tuesday. Interesting interviews. Great guests. Inspiring Bible studies and hot, hot music. And I pray a place where you'll get just a little window into heaven where you will see Jesus, our mega superstar. 3.30 to 5.30 every Tuesday right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Are you looking for better TV? Station partner Hope Channel Australia focuses on faith, health, relationships and community. It's television that will change your life. Visit hopechannel.com forward slash au. That's hopechannel.com forward slash au to find out more. 
listening man. to the breakfast show. Amen. Yeah, I know, because you love guitars. I know, hey. I do I know, more look to Jesus. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, yeah, agree. Yeah, I love that line. We're, we're look to about. Jesus. Because we were just talking about guitars. Off, it's about off music, music you know, about chord progression. Yeah, that's it. And, so. and, hey, if you're a musician out there, if you're a muso who loves to play, give us, let us know. Because, I mean, I, I just love music so much. And we were just talking about, you know, something that, that helped me a, a lot in my musical journey. It's kind of it's what I call like a musical cheat sheet. It's learning what's called the circle of fifths. And basically you can just play any song because you know all the chords for all the keys in any song and how they relate yeah. to one another. I'm like, oh, it's so, so useful, so helpful. Great Anyways. stuff. Hey, give us the answers for our <laughs> yeah, quiz questions. That's really some, important for us yeah, today. <laughs> let's get into some answers here. Firstly, okay, according to Nahum 1, what is the Lord slow to? The Lord is slow to anger. anger. Classic passage Great verse. There. Yes. Uh, Jesus told the church in Sardis they had a reputation for being alive the dead, mm-hmm. which yeah. is not a fortunate place to be in, <laughs> and especially called out by Jesus in that way. And essentially the point that Jesus is making is though you are alive, you know, though you seem to be living, mm. you know, you're participating in church, da-da-da-da. But you're really dead. You're dead on the inside. <laughs> on the, on oh, the inside. Oh, man, what a scathing rebuke. The, but, I think, but I think a call out for all of us. It is, is a call out for all of us. to consider. Hey, in fact, all of those churches, because the other ones that you actually mentioned about wretched, poor and blind and loveless and corrupt, of course, they relate to um, later Church of Laodicea, we've got the Church of Ephesus, and also the mm. Church of Thyatira, and they mm. were actual churches, you know. And those, I mean, because one in Ephesus, of course, we're covering the Book of Ephesians at the moment. Yeah. So, but it also relates to us today of our spiritual conditions. So it's really interesting stuff to go there into Revelation two and three, especially with that. Absolutely. The name Lucifer is mentioned in which book of the Bible? It is Isaiah, and specifically mm. the 14th chapter. And I almost took you then. I was just like, no, that'll give the answer. You know, when we were looking at Satan's kingdom <laughs> yeah. in the Bible study, but I was just like, no, that'll give the answer away to yeah, everyone for the quiz. That's right. But uh, yeah, of course, Lucifer there in Isaiah, he wanted to be like the Most, like high, the most high, to sit above the farthest sides of the north of the clouds of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, this was this was his one, and this was the evil, the iniquity that was found in him. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body or spirit, perfecting mm. holiness out of reverence for God. First Corinthians chapter seven and verse one. That word there, perfecting. Yeah, I'm not was sure if we had answer. anyone got that the one. Fill in think. the blank. We, yeah, got, we, we got, got lots of other we got, answers. We got answers, but, but not none, for that one. Nah, well, nothing correct. No. <laughs> so we, we got answers in, but people uh, people missing out with the with the correct answers there. And then finally here, axes were frequently used by the Israelites in battle. According to Deuteronomy 20 verse 19, what were the Israelites forbidden to destroy with an axe when they laid siege to the city? Mm. Now, this is so interesting. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, of course, the natural use of the axe is to chop down trees. That's right. Trees. And all of a sudden in Deuteronomy, they're... They're told not to. They're like, no. And the reason is so that they can actually have fruit from the tree. Yeah, that's right. Which is really interesting and they're saying the ones that don't actually have fruit though cut those down because then actually you can use that to um you know to build up the city and um so it's really fascinating stuff isn't it because because you know they're being told yeah yeah just don't so that you can actually have something to eat (laughs) well this is kind of like an early geneva convention Mm. essentially like an early rules for warfare and rules for combat um of like hey 
you know, don't cut down the trees. Um, cause it, it says here in verse 20, it says in verse 19, don't cut down the trees. But then in verse 20, it says only the trees, which you know are the trees, not for food. You made a strong cut down to, uh, to build siege works against the city that makes war with you until it is subdued. And it was to feed these people and, mm. you know, to make sure that they were sustained and, and whatnot while they were besieging the city. But, uh, yeah. I wonder it, what kind of fruit trees they were. Cause it just says fruit trees, but it doesn't say what kind. And well, yet in so many places, Places in the Old Testament, we've got like pomegranate trees, we've got the olive trees, we've fig got trees, fig trees, yeah. and big ones that are mentioned. You know, they're, they're the yeah. So it'd be really interesting. Well, ultimately, as well, you know, sieging was a besieging city was a battle of attrition, yeah, and it was who could stay in supply the longest, and yeah, it was uh, in this case, you know, for the Israelites, you know, when they were besieging a city, it's like, hey, make sure you don't uh, shoot yourself in the foot, because that's something that also <laughs> happens is that the the company on the, the the army on the outside that's besieging the city might run out of supplies before the army of the inside if yes. they're too they're too overstretched, and then they they'll have to flee, and the city will be able to get supplies again. So interesting stuff there hey we're coming to the end of our show all too quickly once again but stay on listening after after we've actually finished uh we've got tassie encounters coming up this afternoon also at 3 30 we actually have um uh the aussie pastor as well and then later in the day we have drive time that one's from south australia so keep listening on we're not sure where we're hoping we may not have lost you somewhere along the way but we think that our internet dropped out part way through so we're sorry if that's actually impacted anything at your end in any kind of way but we want you to know that uh, we have been online and uh, we're actually uh, yeah getting in your responses and everything else coming in so um, yeah Lawson where are we going with our free giveaway for today okay I've got a giveaway here the practice of the presence of God by brother Lawrence this is a devotional book which is all about you know how it is that we can Basically, essentially, it it's includes uh, biographical sketches of this person, Brother Lawrence, who was a uh, yeah a, an amazing figure in Christian history, um, just just doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. Uh, and this book was actually published originally back in 1691. Oh wow! Uh, but yeah, it's essentially all about experiencing God in your life. It's a powerful devotional book. If you'd like this one, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. But guys, have a fantastic day today. Um, live your best lives. You know, go out and spend time. You know, maybe with your friends, your family, your children in nature. But hey, also remember to talk faith, to live faith, and act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Guide uphold you with the sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.